You ready? 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 One, two, three, four! Anyway, with the friends, the 
features views and opinions that are not representative of the collective views of the Whispers groups. Some of these views may not be suitable for children. Accordingly, the producers and hosts of the Missy AE podcast must insist that no one attempt to take anything that is being said as representative of the views of any of the Whispers groups. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Missy AE podcast. Tonight, we bring to you Sports Whispers Weekly. I apologize if my voice sounds any different tonight. Uh, I've been dealing with some sort of issue, um, which may make me sound like I, you know, have a little bit of a lisp or something here. Uh, Anyways, we have a lot to cover tonight. We have uh, down to the the conference championships between uh, the – Kansas City Chiefs, Cincinnati Bengals, the San Francisco 49ers, and the Los Angeles Rams to determine who will go to the Super Bowl. We have some coaching hires to talk about, some retirements to talk about. There's quite a few quite a few things to bring up uh, tonight. So if you want to call in, you can call in at 657-383-1308. We will be live on the air for the next two hours before we go into the hour overtime. Uh, I see we have Lou uh, already on the line, as always. Uh, Lou, uh, good evening. How has uh, your week been? 
All right, we got some snow, but nothing nothing terrible. Not whiteout conditions, but yeah, lousy anyway. Yeah, you know, it's they advertise the same thing around here too, but uh yeah. Needless to say we didn't get anywhere close to what they were uh compared Thank to what, to what they were advertising for my area. Uh I know Boston though got got whiteout conditions. They were officially classified as as a blizzard, uh, which is basically uh, it has to be three consecutive hours of uh, blizzard-like conditions, which it was. My best friend is my best so, friend is, in the, is uh, nearby Boston. Oh boy! Yeah, they actually um, they actually extended it as far as Worcester, I think had uh, blizzard-like conditions as well today. Yeah. But anyways... Even we, canceled, they canceled I, the Islander game, too. Well, I would I would figure, considering they're... Uh, well, actually, no. They, they're they not at the Nassau Coliseum anymore. They're in... Are they playing in Brooklyn? They're playing uh, in Long Island, near, uh, near where they used to play. So uh, the conditions anywhere along the South Shoreline or anything where water was... Uh, you know, oh yeah, outed. yeah. That's okay. Yeah, that, 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 that makes that makes sense considering they're yeah. considering they're right they're right near the shoreline. So yeah. Okay. I'm ready to go. But uh, anyways, you know, we might as well talk about the uh, probably the biggest story of the day. Which uh, which randomly broke some point during the afternoon this afternoon, and it's been there's been conflicting reports about it as to whether or not it's legitimate or not. But uh, yeah. once it hit, once it hit, obviously it hit, it spread like wildfire. Uh, that is that the greatest of all time to ever play in an NFL game has officially or maybe unofficially retired. Uh we yes. have we have uh Tom Brady uh officially well you know, it it was reported that he would be retiring after twenty two seasons. Uh but that of course was immediately uh, debunked by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers organization, uh, his agent Don Yee, as well as uh, his father Tom Brady Sr. Um, you know that basically, uh, apparently, there's been no, you know, no, no official word, no exact, no exact report basically that that uh had said that he was officially retiring well the, so, the, the media has made it out to be that way i mean i really can't say it's true or not although uh you know i wouldn't be surprised if he um you know did retire i mean he has you know lost a step maybe i i think maybe with a loss uh to sunday's game you know might have sent him a clue like well Maybe it's time to hang him up. I think it took I think it took a lot out of him. 
Yeah, you know, it, it, let's talk about that for a second because it really appeared like, okay, this was a very uncharacteristic of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, they have so much offensive firepower. You know, they were getting Leonard Fournette yeah. back. They were get, they were getting Leonard Fournette back and whatnot, and. Yeah. They're getting a couple of a couple of others back. This was the first time since preseason that their defense was fully healthy, and they got absolutely shredded by the LA Rams. And I, I, I don't think we uh, we we ever could have we ever could have predicted that we would have another 20, 28 to three type scenario, or in this case it was 27 to three. But I never, I never understood, or I, you know, I never thought that we would, we would have that type of scenario again, but I mean, if <laughs> Brady is retiring, if Brady is retiring, he sure didn't play like he was. Right. I mean, just let me let me dig up the uh, let me let me dig up the score the score thing here. So it was thirty to twenty seven. The Rams and this just showed how pitiful uh, Tampa Bay's defense was. Was the fact that the Rams? I think it was like how many seconds? Like fifty seconds left or something, and they threw yes. an immediate bomb all the way down to Cooper Cup. Who the fuck leaves a safety on a one-on-one with a wide receiver? Obviously, we only have not to, mention, not to mention the fastest wide receiver on that roster in Cooper Cup. It, it yeah. does not. It just didn't make sense to me whatsoever. Yeah, that was. You know, I thought maybe they were going to just take a knee and get, you know, sell for overtime, but uh, not the case. Yeah, it, it just it, it just didn't make sense why they would have a safety on Cooper when it was clearly obvious that Cooper Cup could – you would at least think he would be double teamed. Yeah. Instead, they pull, they pull a fast one and, you know, hit a bomb and then step for a field goal and pull an elevator on all of them. It just, it just doesn't make sense whatsoever. Um, but, no, it didn't. I mean, you take, you take a look at these numbers. Tom Brady, right. 30 of 54, 329 yards. Now, granted, he only had one touchdown and he threw a pick. But I mean, those numbers don't look like the numbers of somebody who's on the downhill slope. No, no, you're right. So it doesn't make sense, you know, the fact that Brady was still play. He 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 led maybe the second greatest comeback in NFL history here with the uh being down twenty seven to three and tying it all the way going all the way back to tie it uh at twenty seven apiece. 
I mean, what what is your take on this, Lou? Why why do you think Brady, uh, if this if this report does indeed hold up, which keep in mind he he's doing uh, a man in the arena documentary series, uh, a, uh, I guess you could say an autobiography almost of this uh, of his career and. Oh, yeah. uh, and this season, and he's doing it for ESPN Plus, and supposedly there's going to be, I would assume maybe the finale, maybe he's waiting for the finale to announce his retirement. Maybe that's why. I was thinking that too. I'm surprised he was doing it now. I thought he was going to wait till the conclusion of the postseason to do it, you know. But I guess he figured with this loss, he just might, he just, I guess everybody's assume he's just going to do it now and get it over with. But that was the only thing that really surprised me, that he did now instead of waiting until the conclusion of the postseason, when basically everybody, uh, all those players that say they're going to retire, do retire. Yeah. And, le- and let's keep in mind, though, this is, this wasn't put out there specifically by Brady. Uh, somebody had mm-hmm. to have leaked it out of his camp. It had uh-huh. to have been, uh, somebody had to have leaked it out of his camp because – you know, knowing how Brady has been for the past decade, he's been all about his TB12 brand and everything, and you know, building right, up his yeah. brand both on and off the field. So it wouldn't make sense for his retirement to be leaked by somebody like Adam Schefter. Adam you would Schefter. think, you would think that he would want to do it on his own terms. You know, instead of right. uh, you know, maybe release some sort of video, maybe release some sort of video or something. Yeah. So you think the report? So you think it's all bogus? I don't think it's bogus. Uh, I think if he does officially retire, I think it's I think it's because of the fact that Giselle. There's a couple of factors. Giselle definitely or finally got into finally won. She's been trying to get him mm-hmm. to retire for years, even back yes. when uh, back when he won uh, the Super Bowl against uh, against the Rams in Super Bowl Fifty Three. Right. After that, she tried to get him to retire uh, mm-hmm. un- until he ended up doing one more year for New England, and then he went to Tampa Bay. Um, I know that. Another aspect is that there's so many players coming up for uh, co- that have contracts coming up. You know, Gronk is one of them. Uh, Chris Godwin, yeah. he's going to be expecting a major uh, a major payday this off season. Uh, Ryan Jensen, their All Pro center, is another one that is going to have a payday coming up. You know, Tampa Bay is going to look different next year. And as a matter of fact, Bruce yes. Arians, uh, there was a report that came out that Arians has supposedly told his uh, coordinators that, you know, they're free to look for a different job uh, with a different team. You know, uh it just it tells it tells me that 
they're preparing for something. They're prepa- they're preparing for some sort of turnover happening in uh in Tampa in the Tampa Bay organization. I don't know if perhaps that that's gonna that has anything to do with Tom Brady's retirement. You know, maybe it will be further exacerbated by Brady's retirement, but I do think there is some sort of there's some sort of credibility, I think, behind it. Ah, yeah, I think so. I think so too. It will. It will surprise me though if it does happen. But you know, like I said, I do think it's a combination of things. Giselle definitely is playing a role, and there's. I think think there's definitely, you know, Giselle playing a role. Uh, The salary cap is going to potentially be a Mm. problem. Uh, although the Buccaneers, it's been reported supposedly that the Buccaneers will do anything to ensure that Brady plays for another year. So maybe perhaps. Well, they did say they were trying to change the roster as well, and uh, that I think you know if the, um, Brady was thinking something, um, you know, with that. So that might have been another factor. Yeah, it's. They're definitely th- they're thinking of changing up the roster, so maybe yeah. perhaps maybe perhaps that is playing a role in Brady's decision. But not surprised, not surprised. you know, nor- normally normally you want to go out on top. I mean, to, this was a disappointing result this season for the Bucks, but honestly, they need a lot of work. They need a lot of work. Yeah. On uh, on their defense, so you know, I'm just I'm I'm wondering if perhaps Brady has pretty much said, you know, things were different in New England. In New England, I had, I mean, gr- granted, yeah, that we uh, I had a uh, I had to work with a rookie my final year as a wide receiver, but. Overall, things were run much differently in New England. I mean, it, it hasn't been officially reported yet, but apparently right. there is a lot. There, there has been there was a lot of dysfunction in the Buccaneers organization this year. Yes, and I think Brady is also potentially very pissed off at the fact that, uh, you know. Bruce Arians has basically taken him. I wouldn't say taken him completely out, but you know how Brady used to be able to make decisions on the fly. He used to be able to make decisions on the fly with uh, when he was with New England, and it's almost as if there's certain points in time where these past two seasons where Arians has decided, no, I'm the coach. I'm the one calling the shots, even though let's be, let's be honest here. Arians has single-handedly cost the Buccaneers some of their games because of his decisions that he's made. So, yeah, 
I think I think potentially Bruce Arians may may play a bit of a role as well in in Brady leaving because he thought it would be much better. You know, Brady, Brady thought it would be much better going down to uh, a more relaxed Tampa Bay organization. Yeah. You know, maybe perhaps maybe perhaps there wouldn't be as much stress, but at the same time. Yeah. There wasn't as much, you know, there there wasn't as much uh, as much order, I guess, if you could put it that way. Well, now we go like disorder. Yeah, now it's 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 pretty much chaos essentially within that organization. Yeah. So, I think this is basically. If Brady does officially retire, I think it's him basically saying, you know what, I really don't have that much confidence in where this organization is headed compared to when I first joined. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's it's entirely possible that his – that uh, you know the divisional round was the last the last game that we will have seen Brady play. I mean, he'll obviously he'll sign a one maybe he'll they'll allow him to sign a one day deal to retire as a member of the Patriots, uh, considering the fact that yeah. you know that's the organization that pretty much like well one brought him a one day contract. League. Yeah, a one-day contract just so that, you know, he can say he retires as a member of the Patriots. Yeah, I wouldn't. Does. I wouldn't put it past it. That might might happen. I wouldn't be surprised by that. Wow, we got a game here now. Oh, yes. What are you you currently, uh, currently watching right now? On my uh, on the lab, I got the Nets Warriors game. The Nets just took the lead after a terrible start. Oh wow! Even with uh, even with Durant and uh, is Harden is Harden out too as as well? Harden, I believe, is playing, and you know, of course, uh, Kyrie is still playing. Of course, he's on the road. So uh, I think it said that um, it was a it was a game time decision for uh, Harden. Oh, okay. Okay, because yeah. I know so Harden obviously, missed the last. Uh, I know Harden missed yes. the last. Uh, their their last game with. Uh, I think it was his hamstring or something. Yes, it was a hammy. But uh, right now, I'm watching the Royal Rumble. Right now, uh, the WWE ah. they're doing they're doing the Royal Rumble. Right now, it's the women's Royal Rumble. Uh, but I've had that on for since it started. Since it started around uh, yeah around eight o'clock. But um, yeah, you know that's a, that's another that's another thing when it comes to the to the Mets. The biggest problem that they're going to have moving forward is the fact that they're not going to have both. They're not going to have that big three. No. All playing at the same time, more than likely this season. And well, they had also, them pretty much this season they, anyway. 
yeah, because because of Kyrie's uh, whole anti-vax stance. Moron. Not you know not not just that, but also another another thing too is the fact that Harden, quite frankly, he wants out. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's been reported that he you know he doesn't really like uh, Buffalo. I almost I don't know why I said Buffalo. Almost said Buffalo. Uh, he well, Buffalo really wasn't like the Clippers. Much. Yeah. Well, Buffalo wasn't the Clippers. Yeah. Well, Buffalo wasn't the Clippers. So. Oh, okay. But you know, it's it, it, he he doesn't really like Brooklyn that much for some reason. Uh, there's been Neither a rumor that maybe perhaps, maybe perhaps we might see. Uh, oh wow. Ronda Rousey, UF former UFC champion, uh, is uh, officially back in the WWE. Ah, uh, my favorite glamour plus. She has officially entered the Royal Rumble. Yes. Ooh, I wish I had pay per view right now. Uh, but well, actually, it's on Peacock. If you have Peacock, um, I probably can get Peacock. But since I'm doing notes right yeah, now, I, you know. Because the WWE Network is on Peacock. And so basically, if you have Peacock, you get uh, you get the network for free. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, for for the WWE fans who, who may listen to our show, uh, Ronda Rousey, it, it, it has been rumored that she has signed a new one-year deal uh, with the company. So uh, she's expected to be a major player moving forward uh, from from uh, my understanding. And as a matter of fact, the plan is supposedly uh, for her to wrestle for one of the uh, one of the championships, one of the women's championships at WrestleMania this year. Um, not sure if it'll be for Raw or for SmackDown, but. Uh, she will be in the main picture moving forward. Uh, so for wrestling fans tonight, if you're a Ronda Rousey fan, tonight is the start of I her am, am. her new of her new WWE contract. Welcome back, Ronda. She's been out for she's been out for the last couple of years. I think she had a kid with uh, with her husband Travis Brown, who is also a former UFC fighter. Um, I'm aware of that. So it looks like she's likely, you know, after after they they had a kid and whatnot, uh, she's taking some time off. Uh, she looks like she's in phenomenal condition, by the way. Uh, yeah, she looks actually. She probably looks better than she did when she when she left the WWE at first. Yeah, uh, but. Well, she was distraught anyway when she left. She was, yeah. Well, and also it doesn't help either that she was dealing with a. She she actually broke her arm uh, in her last WWE match. Right. She broke her arm. uh, Legitimate, a legitimate broken arm in her last match, uh, which was at I forget which WrestleMania it was, but she legitimately broke her arm. Uh, in the triple threat match that she w- that she had wrestled in, so um, 
yeah, obviously she's taken time off since then, you know, having having a kid plus obviously dealing with the broken arm. Um, right. And a couple of years later, she's back. So, how do you think of it? This is a coincidence because the last time we had a blizzard like this, she hosted Saturday Night Live. <laughs> yeah, you know what? And yeah. there, there was one thing, Lou, that I, I want to get. I want to get your thoughts about that. That happened. Uh, yeah. That happened tonight. They had, uh, for the first time, honestly, in WWE's history, uh, uh-huh. they had wrestlers from another promotion uh, appearing for the yeah. WWE. Now, of course, of course, they were former WWE wrestlers as well. But uh, right. Mickey James and Molina, who are both uh, legends uh, on the. Uh, the female, you know, on the female side for uh, for women's wrestling, uh, having wrestled for the WWE in years prior, yes. they are currently under contract to Impact Wrestling, which is on the Axis Channel. Uh, which right, I last time Jim was on, the last time Jim was on here, we kind of talked about this a little bit. Um, yeah. But they were on the the axis, uh, or they're contracted to Impact Wrestling, and uh, also one of them is also under contract to NWA as well. Now, usually uh-huh. WWE they they don't like to acknowledge they don't like to acknowledge uh, you know right other organizations outside of their own. However, tonight, for the first time, for the first time, one of those women, Mickey James, she is the current Impact Wrestling Women's Champion, or Knockouts Champion, as they call it. And for the first time, she actually, well, actually, this would be the first time since since WCW, uh, she actually came out to the Royal Rumble wearing the Knockouts Championship. That's property of Impact Wrestling on a WWE program, which is the first time that that's ever happened since Ric Flair came to W came to the WWF with the WCW Championship, which they dubbed it as the quote unquote the real world title, uh, all the way back then in 1992. Um, so. I guess the big thing that I'm that I'm uh, I'm wondering about, Lou, is what are your thoughts on WWE working with, or not necessarily working, but they have some sort of deal with outside organizations, which is definitely a different. It's a different uh, practice. Yeah, I actually that could do that. Now I, thought they would, I thought it's like crossing enemy lines or something. I thought you know with. Them being the you know a rivalry and all, and their guys guys uh, teaming together, I thought maybe uh, that was uh, you know against some kind of rules or something. So uh, you know it's that kind of uh, that kind of shocked me. 
Yeah, it's 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 kind of shocking when you think about it because uh, going back to another uh, another wrestling company, AEW, All Elite Wrestling, they yes, had an agreement. Too. They had an agreement with Impact Wrestling uh, sometime last year, and they actually had Impact stars appear on their show regularly, and vice versa. They would have AEW stars appear on Impact Wrestling, and whatnot. Right. Now, obviously, we're not going to see that happen with the WWE. You know, we're not going to have WWE stars appear on Impact Wrestling. But uh, I think this could be potentially Vince waking up to the fact that, you know, obviously there's – he's going to have to adapt in this new – in this new wrestling landscape and he's going to have to learn to work with others, you know, instead uh, in order to keep business good. Because I mean, let's face it, obviously with the WWE, AEW is really their only threat. If I can even call them a threat impact wrestling isn't really a threat. threat? No, Uh, that's my elite. You know, impact wrestling isn't a threat. Uh, NWA isn't a threat And you know there are so many Stars that many fans have Wanted to see you know Think of you know possible dream Matchups For uh, WWE stars Against uh, against Stars from outside of the Of the company that could Potentially take place It's I think this potentially opens up that door of possibility, you know, that that now that we have some sort of I mean th- people may not think that this is, that this was big tonight having the Impact Wrestling Knockouts Championship appear on a WWE program, but it, but it's huge. Right. The fact that they had an impact and they recognized Mickey James too as the Impact Wrestling World Champion or Women's uh, Knockouts Champion. They actually recognized her. Like, they, they put it on screen and everything as the Impact, uh, the Impact Knockouts Champion. That would be like if WWE had a WCW, if, if the WWF had a WCW yeah. star come on to WWF programming uh, with a WCW title and labeling them as the WCW, uh, I don't know, world champion or United States champion or something like that. You just don't see it. No. You don't see that at all. So that kind of is a shock in the, in the uh, wrestling world. So, I, I mean, like you I know, said, I thought, you know, crossing every, every line, I thought that's not legal in this. Well, it's more of a forbidden door, as they call it. They call it the forbidden yes, door. Yes, yes. That, you know, they're not supposed to uh, – wrestlers aren't supposed to work for multiple companies. Right. Oh, and that's uh, – wow. Okay. Ronda Rousey, in her first Royal Rumble appearance, wins the Women's Royal Rumble. a girl. So she will now take on 
I'm assuming the final two were her and Charlotte Flair. Charlotte is currently the SmackDown Women's Champion, so I would assume it's probably going to be Charlotte versus Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania, which is taking place at Cowboy Stadium. Uh, My Ronda Stadium. Yeah, by far. She's, uh, you know, the thing that people don't realize about her is she is a legitimate badass. I mean, yeah, she can't. Uh, in MMA, she really doesn't like taking shots to the face in MMA, but it, compared to some of the other crossover athletes that we've seen crossover into wrestling, Ronda has yeah. probably one of the best backgrounds. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, with her having... Sorry, I was I was taking a taking a sip of water there. Uh that yeah. little break there. Um with with Ronda coming back to the WWE, I mean it's obvious WWE is struggling for star power at this point. You know, they're struggling for star power. Uh they've been put yeah. under fire so many times because they've had like hell. I think they've released around 100 wrestlers or somewhere around that number this year alone. So Mm. they need to recuperate everything in some sort of way. And I think this is one of the ways they're looking at potentially doing so is let's bring back people who are going to draw headlines and Ronda Rousey. I mean, let's face it. She's one of the, one of the top, uh, one of the top women in in sports yeah. today, or not 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 today, but she she was one of the top women in combat sports for so many years. Mm-hmm. Anything that's anything that comes on about her is gonna be talked about, and that's the thing that WWE is looking for. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyways, you know, back to. Uh, I don't, I don't know how we got onto wrestling there. Um, but back to to uh, Tom Brady here. Yeah. Obviously, you know, he is Hall of Fame. He is easily uh, first ballot, should be unanimous. Yes. Uh, although, actually, no, there isn't really voting. Or no, there is voting. There is voting, but he should be a unanimous Hall of Famer, um, a unanimous first ballot. I mean, you take a look at his accomplishments. Seven-time Super Bowl champion, a Mm five-time Super Bowl MVP. He's won the NFL MVP three times, a two-time Offensive Player of the Year, a six-time All-Pro between the first and second team. He's He's been selected to the Pro Bowl 15 times. He led the league in passing yards five uh, – or no, passing touchdowns five times, passing yards four times. He was – I mean, the, 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 the awards and records basically go on. Easily. Yeah. The, I mean, I, I, you know, obviously it's still up for debate for some people, I guess. You know, some people still believe that Joe Montana is the greatest of all time. Uh you know, I believe that Tom Brady is the greatest 
quarterback of all time. Uh, this is a gigantic. If if he is retiring, it is a gigantic loss for the NFL. Mm. Not to mention also Roethlisberger who retired, but we knew that was coming. Yeah, we knew Roethlisberger. We knew Roethlisberger uh, was. Yeah, well, that was what was uh, was def- was, was going to be retiring. I mean, all you had to do was take a look at his uh, take a look at his arm this year, and yeah, you could basically see that you know there was just nothing, nothing left in his. Uh, no, not at all. I mean, it, it was nowhere near uh, where it was towards the beginning of his career. And actually, you know, come to think of it, Roethlisberger, he did officially announce his retirement this week. Uh, Just taking a look at some of the stuff that he accomplished, you know, uh, they won 14 straight games in his... uh, in his rookie year, obviously they won the Super Bowl as well. Uh, they ended up winning Super Bowl. What's XL? XL, it's uh, Super Bowl uh, 50. Wait a minute. No, it's Super Bowl forty. Super Bowl forty. Forty. So they won Super Bowl forty against the Seahawks. Uh, they would go on to to reach two more championship games, uh, hoisting one more Lombardi Trophy uh, with Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger never won MVP or received first team All Pro honors throughout wow. his career, though. Uh, but then again, you know when you're when you're dealing with Peyton Manning. Uh, and Tom Brady. You know, it's it's very hard to, uh, you know, to reach the top rankings, basically, when you're dealing with those type sure. of, uh, with that type of competition. But, you know, he is a surefire Hall of Famer, though. Uh, he's currently fifth all-time in career passing yards at 64,088. Uh, it's the highest total, actually, for any player whose entire career came with just one team. Yeah. He played all 18 seasons with the with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and you know I kind of feel bad for Pittsburgh now because now all they're stuck with is uh, Mason Rudolph, unless Aaron Rodgers decides to go elsewhere. I don't know. Uh, he did, however, have a top five single game effort with 522 yards in 2014 and a top 10 single season effort in 2018. 2018 was probably one of his best seasons uh, stat wise, uh, though after a 2019 elbow injury, that's probably where he lost all of his uh, throwing power. Uh, you know, he just never was really the same. But he did finish no. his career with a playoff start this year. Uh, 
although he did get squished by the by the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, you know, it, it, it remains an entirely a possibility that we could see three quarterbacks retire from the league this year, this off season. Obviously, Ben Roethlisberger is one. If the Brady one holds, which I believe it, I believe it will. I believe uh, he's waiting until uh, he can finish his documentary uh, to, you know, officially announce it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably what's going to come in the. Uh, You know, the final episode. So, it's obviously, you know, we saw we saw some people rise this year. I mean, Mac Jones, you know, he's potentially going to the Pro oh, Bowl. Oh, yeah, we'll give the year. Uh, he's potentially go, uh, going to the Pro Bowl uh, with the year that he had. And also Josh Allen, you know, he backed out of the Pro Bowl. So, he won't be going. Lamar Jackson won't be going because of his injury. Uh, obviously, with Burrow and Mahomes, one of those two is going to be in the Super Bowl, so they won't be able to go anyways. Um, you know, I think the league, despite losing potentially two or three elite quarterbacks, I think Josh Allen took that big step that he needed to take stat-wise this year. Yeah. Uh, granted, and we'll get to that. We'll get to the divisional round in a minute here because I have a bone to pick with that game. Uh, but I uh-huh. think I think Josh Allen did make that big leap that he needed to make. Uh, I I would classify Allen as an elite quarterback right now, even though he hasn't won a Super Bowl and he hasn't made it to a Super Bowl. Just based off of how he's able to single handedly take control of a game. I think you're looking at uh, elite status officially for uh, for Josh Allen. But I feel bad for the Steelers uh, unless Aaron Rodgers ends yeah. up leaving Green Bay and goes to and goes to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is going to have to deal with Mason Rudolph as their starting quarterback next year. Oh dear. Yeah, the Giants are going to go a... with uh, Danny Dimes. Yeah, which, you know, to be fair, uh, with them hiring Brian Dable, which, by the way, that is an excellent coaching hire, uh, bringing in Brian Dable from the uh, from the Buffalo Bills. And, you know, when it, when it comes to Brian Dable, uh, you can actually attribute a lot of Josh Allen's development to Dable and Dable is supposedly also bringing over Ken Dorsey as well, who has been the quarterback coach for, uh, you know, for, for, uh, Buffalo the past couple of years. So with Dorsey's going to be his offensive coordinator, you know, you would kind of think maybe perhaps the giants, if, if Danny Dimes is going to, uh, make a career turnaround at all, it would be this year, this upcoming year. 
just considering the amount of work that Dable and Dorsey have uh, ended up doing with Josh Allen. You know, I another thing too is Dable. He has worked under Belichick, although we saw how well that worked for Joe Judge. Um, you know, he's worked under the under Bill Belichick. He's worked under Nick Saban. Uh, you know, it's he's definitely, I believe, the most qualified uh, of the candidates that the Giants had interviewed. And considering what he was able to do with Josh Allen in year three to elevate Josh Allen the way he did, it's a possibility that maybe perhaps you finally see something out of Daniel Jones this year. Well, he hasn't, you know, lived up to it so far. I mean, the three seasons he's been uh, quarterback, uh, he hasn't done anything. And the Giants have been – it has the worst 10-year stretch in uh, NFL history. Yeah, it has been the worst 10-year stretch in NFL history. But at the same time, I mean, what else would you expect hiring a special teams coordinator as your head coach? Nothing. With Joe Judge. You know, it's that just had bad news written all over it from the very beginning. Yeah. You play like crap. And, I mean, the fact that he waved the white flag like he did going for a quarterback sneak on third and nine, I mean, it shouldn't be that much of a surprise that he got fired. So, right. But the hiring of Dable, in my opinion, is a very good move for for the Giants, especially if they want to – if they want to finally see if Daniel Jones is going to become the franchise quarterback that they've, that they originally drafted him uh, to become. And if anybody is going to be able to get that to potentially happen, Dable, I think is the guy to do it. Cause you're not going to see any stupid play calls come out of him. Like you no. did come out of judge. But speaking, you know, speaking of retirements and speaking of coaches, what are your thoughts on Sean Payton stepping away from well, the New Orleans Saints? Considering he was in the hot seat, you know, around Thanksgiving time, it doesn't really surprise me at all. But remember, this is not really actually an official retirement, so he might be back. So, you know, it's, it's, it's really tough to say. But, you know, all that he was, you know, under from uh, Thanksgiving on, yeah, it didn't surprise me he wanted, uh, decided to walk away from that. So I think yeah, it didn't, didn't actually, help me hard at all. I, I, will, I will say it loosely. He is, quote, unquote, retiring. Uh, right. But, I mean, it's obvious, you know, he, it, it, when he comes back, it won't be as the head coach of the New Orleans Saints. So New Orleans right. is going to be officially looking for a new head coach. Uh, and matter of fact, the big rumor going right. around is the the big rumor going around is that when Peyton does return, it will be as the head coach of the Cowboys, and that's the only reason why McCarthy is being given another year. Yeah. 
But, I mean, 15 years as the coach of the Saints, he has a 63.1 win percentage, which is fourth best in the NFL, trailing only the Patriots, Packers, and Steelers since 2006. Uh, He made the playoffs in nine out of 15 seasons with the Saints, winning seven division Mm -hmm. titles and also winning the Super Bowl. Uh, back when back when Drew Brees was the quarterback. Yeah. Now, maybe perhaps maybe perhaps he was burnt out. Uh, maybe perhaps this may yeah. have to play a part in in the fact that uh, I think they're about. I think they said they were about forty million over the cap or something. Or am I? I, I might be thinking of a different. No, I, no, never mind. I'm thinking of Green Bay. I'm thinking of Green Bay. Green Bay right. is forty million over the cap, uh, but you know their next the next coach of the Saints is going to have seventy four million dollars to work with uh, in cap space, and also they have a vacancy under center to uh, to take care of as well. Uh, Peyton, supposedly, he is being sought after by Fox, with Troy Aikman likely leaving for Amazon, because uh, Amazon is now uh, the, sole, uh, the, sole, the sole streamer of Thursday Night Football, officially. Mm-hmm. So, with Troy Aikman leaving for Amazon, maybe perhaps uh, Sean Payton with his time off may become the new uh the new head guy for Fox because I know they've been they've been yeah. looking they've been looking for him to uh you know to try and potentially agree to a deal and I mean it's uh, he is under contract with New Orleans for 3 more years so maybe perhaps when he does come back, it will be with New Orleans. Uh, but they will probably – it sounds like New Orleans will receive compensation uh, if they ever have to relinquish his rights uh, within the three-year time frame. So if he does come back, I mean, that's going to leave – quite the messy uh quite the messy web here for uh you know like say he comes back next year or not next year after next year uh you know after he takes a year off i mean that would be such an ugly duckling type of move to have to hire a new head coach to hire a new head coach only to then get rid of him the next year uh, because your old head coach is coming back out of retirement or, you know, coming back from his sabbatical. Uh, so I would think that Sean Payton's days as the Saints head coach are officially done, even if he does return. I would find it hard to think that we would see, that we would see him officially come back as the Saints head coach. I mean, what are your, what are your thoughts, Lou? Because, you know, the big rumor is, is that if he does come, when he does come back, it would be for the Cowboys. I would love to see it happen. Of course, I don't know if it will, but doesn't, um, but Dallas doesn't have the rights though. 
No, but they could get the rights. There has to go through some major red tape, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, they can always trade for his rights, though. It's happened before. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, uh, I believe it happened with the Jets in New England. When uh, Belichick, uh, oh yeah, you know when they when uh, Belichick became the coach of the New England Patriots. Yeah, so I heard it had to take some. Uh, had to take some certain uh, certain measures uh, for the Saints to to give it up, uh, wouldn't it? Probably. Yeah, I mean, I would that's assume. I would assume you're probably looking at somewhat of a high draft pick uh, for them to get rid of yeah. Sean Payton. At least third round, I would think. Yeah. So, I don't know, but if he does officially come back, you know, that'll be another wrinkle that uh, yeah. will have to be that will have to be unwound uh, to see. And- just exactly. And you said the magic word. Unwound? If. Well, yeah, you know, that it, it's just, yeah, it's always it's always the case, you know, if it happens, if he comes back, if, if he gets retires, you know, it's always it's always the if factor. Ooh, yeah, exactly. Factor. You've heard the if factor? Well, this is the if factor. Yeah. Uh, now, yeah. we also had some other hirings around the league. Uh, the Bears, they hired Ryan Polis, who has been the assistant director of player personnel for the Kansas City Chiefs. My brother will be happy uh, about that. Looking, you know, basically they're looking to to turn to turn around this uh, this. Chicago Bears organization that's been yeah. in flux for for years. Yes. Uh, and Polis actually, uh, I believe he actually played for the Bears at one point. He was he's a former player. Right, I think I remember that. Um, because. Uh, Obviously, Polis, he was still part of the Kansas City Chiefs organization. Uh, Kansas City will now receive a third-round compensatory pick in each of the next two drafts because of this hiring uh, by the Bears. And there's talk that Polis may drag uh, the Chiefs' offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy, along with him to be the team's next head coach. Which could be very interesting that too. because I'm kind of surprised. I'm kind of surprised that being the Emmy hasn't found a team yet. You know, he's probably one of the best offensive minds that's uh, that's out there uh, in today's coaching. Uh, you know, in today's coaching pool, and surprisingly, no team has taken a chance in hiring him yet. Yeah, well, what are you waiting for? I don't know. You know, it's very, very interesting, the fact that uh, maybe maybe he's going to wait until after, uh, you know, after the Chiefs either win the Super Bowl or they get eliminated 
Oh, uh, uh, yeah. You know, to potentially move on any coaching uh, decisions, whether he decides to go for any, you know, any openings. Right. Uh, there is a report out there uh, that the Bears, speaking of coaches, uh, there's a report out there that the Bears are zeroing in on Raiders interim coach Basaccia as their next special teams coordinator. As Chris Tabor, who was their former coordinator, uh, they decided he decided not to opt to sign on with, oh, they do have a coach, actually. So Emmy won't be coming over because they have uh, Matt Eberfluss, who's the former – uh, he's a former coach from the Colts. I think. Oh, what was he? Was he a? I think he was a quarterbacks coach or something. Uh, but mm-hmm. Matt Everfluss is the new, the new coach for the Chicago Bears. Right. Um, and, you know, here's the big thing that. If you're, this is going over to the Raiders a little bit here. If you're yeah. Vegas, how are you not looking at Rich Basaccia as your next potential full-time head coach? Right. So I think when he, when he took a big he took a big mess that John Gruden left him, and he brought the Vegas Raiders. To the Super, or not to the Super Bowl, to the playoffs. Yeah. And now he's going to go from having, I think, I think he finished with a seven and five record as Raiders uh, interim coach. You're going to go from that to being a special teams coordinator. Fucking yikes! Is all I've got to say. I agree with you more. What the hell is that? I mean, well, Lou, what are your thoughts on Vegas? The fact that, you know, Rich Passaccia is now joining Chicago. And from what it sounds like, it sounds like Passaccia wasn't even taken, wasn't even taken seriously in, uh, the, in consideration to be, to become mm. the full-time coach for the Raiders. Yeah. Even after, yeah, I don't get that. that he did. I don't get that at all. Now, instead, instead, you have Josh McDaniels, who is the offensive coordinator for the Patriots. Uh, he's been in Vegas all day today. Uh, he had lunch with the uh, with the with the Vegas uh, owners last night, I think it was, and today. Uh, he spent time. He spent time there, uh, meeting with the Raiders organization uh, to potentially become their next head coach. And from what it sounds like, it sounds like there is momentum behind that. And along with him would would come Dave Ziegler, who's considered to be one of the top executives in the New England Patriots organization today. Uh, so now you might have a guy in McDaniels who previously left the Indianapolis Colts at the altar when they originally had hired him a couple of years ago, only for him to then go back to new England. 
And, I mean, I guess maybe perhaps the McDaniels uh, potential hiring. Now, I say potential because it's not official yet, but it sounds like right. it sounds like it's going to happen sooner rather than later because uh, McDaniels has really been the only coach that has gained any sort of momentum with the Raiders organization uh, in their meetings. And the Raiders, uh, from all accounts, it sounds like McDaniels had other offers on the table, and he chose to decline all the other offers so that he could meet with the Raiders. Now, you would think he wouldn't do that unless there was mutual interest between both parties. So... I mean, it's it's obvious that the Raiders, they need consistent leadership. We saw what McDaniels did for uh, for the Patriots back when, uh, you know, when Tom Brady was still the quarterback, obviously. We've seen the plays that he's been able to call. I mean, what are your thoughts on a potential Josh McDaniels hiring for Vegas? Would it be the right move? Or are there are there other candidates out there that you feel could be uh, could prove to I be think a there much probably better fit? Some of the candidates out there, you know, besides McDaniel, so I I really think that they're going to try and look elsewhere. I mean, I know Leftwich is out there as a potential option, the current offensive coordinator for the Buccaneers. Uh, I know that Mike Zimmer is out there as an option, the former uh, Minnesota coach, although I hear that apparently he is – or no, I'm thinking of Vic Fangio. Uh, Vic Fangio, oh, yeah. he's, meeting with the, uh, he's meeting with the Jaguars apparently to uh, the former Denver coach to uh, potentially become the next Jaguars head coach. Uh I mean, obviously, there's probably some other coaching candidates out there, but because of the fact that the playoffs are still ongoing, you know, some teams that may have prospective coaching candidates uh, won't allow them to interview until the playoffs are over. Mm. You know, I, I'm kind of thinking maybe perhaps, because a big, a big thing here is, whether or not Derek Carr would be the quarterback, would be the quarterback under this new head coach. And from all accounts, it sounds like like McDaniels is a fan of Derek Carr. I'm a fan of Derek Carr. I'm a fan of Derek Carr. I think the big problem is is that, you know – they just haven't had a a consistent offensive coach to work with. No. I mean, you had Gruden, but Gruden was was spotty, you know, in some of his, yeah. some of his decision making, and. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, 
What are your thoughts, Lou? Is, is this kind of like uh, the Daniel Jones situation? You know, uh, is Derek Carr the guy for for the Raiders? Yeah, I can't say for sure about him. I think I think he's more of a fit for the uh, Raiders than Daniel Jones is for the Giants. You know, because you know I think you know uh, Carr is a better quarterback. So I would think, you know, although it would be perfect, I think he is one of the better quarterbacks for the Raiders. Now, what the Giants do about Jones, that's another question altogether. Yeah. Yeah. But as far as Carr goes, you know, I think the big problem is is either either he doesn't have good enough protection or – Yeah. I know there were a couple of games that they didn't have Darren Waller this year. Mm-hmm. So that kind of played a role because Darren Waller, you know, he provides – he's basically like Travis Kelsey for the Kansas City Chiefs or Rob Gronkowski for uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He provides a whole other dimension to that offense. You know, once right. you take away Waller, you take away a big part of their offense. So maybe perhaps – Maybe perhaps under a head coach like Josh McDaniels, who we've seen pull out a whole bunch of trick plays, which, by the way, would work probably very well in the Raiders uh, system that they uh, that they run there. Maybe perhaps that could potentially benefit Carr a lot more. Yeah. And obviously, you know, people are wondering, okay, if McDaniels leaves – who fills in that slot for the Patriots? And the big name that's floating around out there is the current offensive coordinator and former offensive coordinator for the Patriots, Bill O'Brien, who is now with the uh, Alabama Crimson Tide. Mm. And supposedly, uh, Supposedly, you know, he was um, he was actually taught the Alabama uh, playbook by Mac Jones before before yeah. Jones officially left Alabama for uh, for the NFL. So there is some sort of chemistry there, I guess. Even though he's never mm-hmm. Mac Jones has never technically played under uh, under Bill O'Brien. No, I don't know. It's it, 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 there's going to be some sort of domino effect, and there's also the possibility too that if Brian Flores doesn't get hired, he may return to New England to be their defensive coordinator again. Yes. But all I know is that there, there's be probably going to be. Huh? It remains what was that, Lou? It remains yeah. to be seen. Yeah, it does. Uh, and also, you know, another thing here too is uh, on his staff, on McDaniel's potential staff, he could bring in Wink Martindale from 
Uh, he's the former uh, Ravens defensive coordinator. And a former game show host. Yeah, he could, you know, he could get brought in to be the defensive coordinator for McDaniels out in Vegas. Okay, okay, that was a bad joke. I get it. Oh, boy. So, you know, I would assume that if McDaniels would only take that role if he feels that that he would take the interview, you know, if he feels that there's some sort of momentum behind it, basically. But I do think that uh, McDaniels' playbook, his type of playbook that has all of these uh, trick plays and whatnot could work potentially in the Vegas uh, system that they that they use out there, the West Coast type system. Right. <laughs> now I want I want to get your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers. With how uh, I don't think anybody saw how poorly of a game that the Packers were going to have against the Forty ers like they I did. I did not expect that at all. I did not expect that kind of performance from the Packers. With Rodgers, you know, especially at home. That game, I think, was, you know, the most, you know, that was the, that was the worst game out of all the playoffs um, last week. I was, I was expecting to be the it's going to be an onslaught with the, pack, the Packers just being up on, on the four yards, especially with, you know, Jimmy G out with a thumb injury. I thought, well, how good can you throw a football when you got a thumb injury? So I thought, this is not going to be the game for the four yards. They don't play in cold weather. And lo and behold, it was a defensive struggle and just went totally opposite of the way I thought it was going to go. So we were all fooled by that one. Boy, did we get screwed there. Screwed. And not not only yeah. is he dealing with an injured hand, but Garoppolo is also dealing with a, with a uh, shoulder issue, too, that he suffered in and the he's Dallas game. Anyway. Yeah, and they still won anyways. Even though, and, and you know what? This is actually, I think this might have been a record potentially. Uh, or they won. They won a game. They won a playoff game without scoring an offensive touchdown. Right. They scored a defensive touchdown. A pay, uh, I think it was a pick six. Or maybe it was a fumble. No, I think it was a fumble. It was a fumble recovery. A fumble recovery for six. Uh, So, you know, I don't think anybody expected that Green Bay would fall flat like they did. And, no, you know, I guess it's, I, le- it's led a couple of people to wonder, you know, is Rodgers fully in it? Uh, I know he was dealing with some sort of toe no. issue this season. You know, could that have possibly resurfaced or something? It's it, it possible. Just seemed like, I don't know if it was the chief uh, culprit, but it's possible. You know, it, it just seemed like something was off about about Green Bay. Yeah. And suppose, speaking yeah, of Aaron Rodgers, supposedly, 
supposedly he wants to go wherever Devontae Adams and Marquez Valdez Scantling goes, which, by the way, both, right, all right. three of them are going to be free agents. All three. So he wants to go wherever those two go, whether that's staying yeah. with Green Bay or not. Uh, the fact is he's actually holding Green Bay hostage right now as okay. entering next season uh, – Barring that he does some sort of restructuring of his deal, he's into Green Bay for about $40 million. That's why they're over the cap. Yes. Because of how they restructured his deal in order to convince him to come back. So there's But do you think he's gonna call it quits too? I mean there's always that possibility that he could call it yeah, quits. Yeah, that's what I thought. Because because of all the because of the problems that he had uh you know with 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 uh, with COVID and whatnot mm-hmm. and his whole vaccination issue that he's been a yeah. that that was a big headline this year. You know, it, uh, there's always a possibility that he could potentially um he could potentially decide, you know what? I've just I've had it. I've had enough. But from what it sounds like, it sounds like yeah. he does want to continue playing. Well, cuz last year this time we, there was an issue with that and he didn't want to play at Green Bay, but he came back anyway, so I uh, know we just point this as a stunt. No, is he really me at this time? So, you know, it can go either way again. Yeah, it's it's when I, when you look at the teams that he can really go to. I mean, he can't really. I, I guess he could go to the Saints, but the Saints, you know, they already have a quarterback in Taysom Hill. Uh, And they also have Jameis Winston. They also have Jameis Winston. He could go to Pittsburgh, I guess. You know, Pittsburgh, they have Mason Rudolph. They don't have Ben Roethlisberger anymore. Yeah. So, you know, I I guess it's a possibility that he could go to Pittsburgh maybe, but there's always the possibility too. Maybe he just stays in Green Bay. But – I would think in order for that to happen, with with the bad blood that he has with their general manager, they That's would have the to get a new general manager for that to happen. Yeah, he doesn't. He, he couldn't stand him. So I'm even surprised they decided to stay last year because, like you know, he hates the general manager's guts. So why would he want to stay unless he only had to? Yeah. By the way, the uh, score is 78-76 now, Golden This is State. one weird game. I mean, in the third quarter, the Nets are down by only 17. They come back and out of the tie game. This is one weird game. Yeah, and actually it was uh... – It, uh, what's it called? It was it was actually nineteen, not seventeen, from from 19? according to ESPN. Well, okay, then it was even worse. 
but still they've they've uh, they've narrowed it down to just two points. Yeah, I know. But uh, let's talk about uh, yeah, you know, like like I said, there's always the possibility Aaron Rodgers decides to just stay in Green Bay. You know, maybe they come to some sort of agreement, but yeah, I find it hard to hard to believe that could be possible, considering the fact that he has such bad blood with the general manager to begin with. Right. So, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but let's talk about the gigantic shootout that we saw between the Kansas City Chiefs yeah. and the Buffalo Bills. I don't think I have seen such a shootout in years, especially in the playoffs. It's only that considering how considering how this uh, the divisional round was was going so far through three games. And I just I just don't know. I, I, I don't yeah. know. I mean, how the hell do you have do you have a, a player go for four touchdowns, two hundred and one yards in Gabriel Davis, which by the way, that's a that's a playoff record now, officially. The most yeah. uh no NFL player has ever done four, has ever had four touchdowns in a playoff game. I mean, in the I, last I, two I, minutes, I really you know, know. I, 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 I've never seen anything like that. Yeah. In a minute, 56 seconds, they had – 25 combined points. I mean, I just don't understand it at all. No, I can't understand either how you let a game go, you know, in the bag and with only uh, 13 seconds, you find a way to screw it up. I mean, you know, my uh, my significant other is a Bills fan. For what reason, I have no idea. I've been around 20 years, I can't figure it out. And naturally, I was congratulating her that like the Bills won it, but not so fast because the because <laughs> the Chiefs found a way to, to to fight back and take it into overtime and win. Well, those are the short things. What can you possibly do in an NFL game in 13 seconds except go for a miracle touchdown? You had to go all the way around the field. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't really. I mean, this should have been the game that made Josh Allen. This should have been the game that turned yeah. Josh Allen into the next. I mean, uh, it, it did kind of do that. It did kind of do that, where it turned it turned him into the next star, uh, at quarterback uh-huh. or at quarterback for the Bills. You know, I mean, four touchdowns. 
329 yards. He supposedly had a perfect passer rating. Yeah. A perfect passer rating. He had uh, 27 completions on 37 attempts. 329 yards, four touchdowns. He also had 11 carries for 68 yards. I mean, there's not much else the guy could have done. And then he loses because the Kansas City Chiefs – he loses because the Kansas City Chiefs uh, basically won the coin toss in overtime and uh, drove the Mm. entire length down the field for a touchdown. Yeah. You know, this begs the the question – here we go again. Do you think do you think there needs to be a change when it comes no. to the overtime rules? No. No? I'll tell you why. No. Because everybody automatically assumes that per, the the team that gets the ball first in, in uh, overtime is gonna win. No, that is not always the case. Because the team that gets first possession, you know, they can fumble the ball, uh they can get intercepted, uh they can miss a scoring chance on a possession which sometimes happens, and it goes to the other team. So don't always assume that you get the ball first, you're going to win the game, is over. Look, the result is that they want, they want it with a touchdown, game over, case closed. And you got a quick, and you got a quick rubbing about it. You don't want to go back into that. You don't want to go like to the college of a time rule, which is stupid. I mean, that's ridiculous. I liked it better when it was before it became this, just sudden death. But you score a sudden death, game is over. Okay, that's what that's what makes you know the NFL the NFL so great with its with its uh, with its overtime rule since it came since it came into effect. You know, go back to that or keep everything the way it is. And a lot of my crew, my, a lot of my crew agreed. Keep the keep it the way it is. You don't th- you don't think that both sides should at least get an opportunity. No. I mean, I've been, you know, I've been reading a whole lot of uh a whole lot of uh backlash uh from not just Buffalo Bill fans. I mean, obviously, you know, Buffalo Bills, it's understandable considering right, right. They're the team that got screwed. Uh but I've been reading it from all different fans uh of of different teams around the league that uh, the quarterback, or not quarterback, that the overtime rules need to be changed somehow. That there there needs to be some sort of change that's made because, mm-hmm. I mean, let's face it, this this game like, could have potentially gone on. This game could have gone on for God knows how many possessions uh, yes. with the way that, that, that both teams were dealing. But... Uh, I want to go over I think Buffalo is going to potentially suffer though because now they're they've lost their top offensive caller in Brian Dable. They've lost their quarterback coach, who was a big part of uh, development for Josh Allen. You know, there's. I think they're potentially they're, uh, we could potentially see the Bills take a step back, possibly. I mean, yeah, they'll you know, like they'll, the, still, yeah. they'll still probably win the division, but you know, you're probably looking at 
maybe a tougher time for, for the Bills because we're not going to be seeing the same play calling out of them next year. Right, with, right. Uh, with Dayball officially becoming the Giants head coach. So I don't know, but uh, yeah, you know that that game. I mean, my God, twenty-five points within the last uh, within the final minute fifty-six seconds of regulation. Unheard of. A game. I mean, it's I, I I don't remember there being a game like that in at least in the time I've been watching in the years that I've been watching the NFL, which has been never, which has been the past 20 years or so, 20, 21 years that I've been watching. uh, For me, I didn't start watching full time until I was like eight years old. So, right. Same here. Uh, You know, but it, it, I, I am just, I'm just dumbfounded the fact that you can have a shootout like this and and everything hinges on whoever wins the coin toss. I mean, it might as well have been. It doesn't always happen. It doesn't always happen, yeah, but I mean, when you have two teams like this, that are, you know, on fire offensively. You know, right as soon right as soon as the right as soon as uh, you know the as soon as the Chiefs won the coin toss, you could pretty much say this is a Chiefs win. And actually, uh, one of uh, one of uh, the moderators for Whispers, uh, Tim, he messaged me as soon as the coin toss took place, and he said, "Chiefs win." And what would have said they would have lost? Well, he probably wouldn't have said anything. But I, I, I what I would have done is I would have. You know, I would have uh, look. I would have said, "You want to, you want to, uh, you want to revisit that again." Is what I probably would have said to him. But I would have said, "Hey, but rematch." <laughs> uh, I you know, I still can't believe that it. This was really looking like we were going to see four consecutive, uh, all four, all four games were going to be upsets. Yeah. But you know, looking looking at it at it now, I, I'm finding it hard to imagine that with the four teams remaining. I think we're probably looking at another Kansas City Super Bowl championship. I mean, unless I would think so. Unless the Rams can stop them or the Bengals can somehow pull off the upset. I mean, Jamar Chase mm-hmm. has had some some absolutely dominant games 
uh, the past well, couple of I'll weeks. Well, I'll give you this right now. I don't think the I don't think uh, that the um, Niners are going to have much of an easy time tomorrow. I think it's going to be, you know, the Rams here. So I'm thinking Rams Chiefs. I don't think uh, if it comes to I don't think we're going to see you know a wide margin of victory. I think it's going to be a fairly close game with those two teams. I think it'd be a much better matchup. You don't have to quote me on that, but that's the way I'm looking at it. I mean, then again, nobody really gave the Niners a chance against Green Bay. So. No, they didn't. And we said, and keep in mind, the Niners, they have won six straight games against L.A. And Shanahan, actually, uh, Shanahan has had the edge against McVay ever since McVay became the head coach of the Rams. I think this goes all the way back to when Shanahan was still with uh, with Atlanta. So, you know, I wouldn't rule out uh, a potential upset here uh, between the Niners and Rams. But even if the Niners do upset the Rams, the Chiefs, if they're in the Super, if we if we have a Super Bowl rematch between the Chiefs and Niners. I think we're looking at another uh, at another championship for Pat Mahomes. Mm. Honestly, I feel the only team the only team that has an opportunity is the team that they're facing this week this uh, tomorrow night with uh, or mm-hmm. tomorrow afternoon actually uh, in yeah. the Bengals. I'm, you know, if the Bengals don't get, uh, aren't, aren't, if the Chiefs somehow get past the Bengals, I mean, maybe the Rams can keep, uh, can can potentially hold them up, uh, hold them up with with defense. I know, I know, considering Kansas City's defense, without with the holes that are in their defense, uh, the LA offense would be a problem in a Super Bowl for mm-hmm. Kansas City. But the question would be the Rams defense, would they get would they be able to get to Pat Mahomes? You know, it's it's part of the reason why people have had problems against the Bills, for example, because nobody was able they were able to put pressure on Josh Allen, but Josh Allen can run the ball, just like Pat Mahomes can run the ball. So, I mean, what do you think, Lou? What 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 do you think is the more likely Super Bowl matchup here? Rams Chiefs. Yeah, I I, I think I, I think I kind of have to agree here. I'm yeah. I'm not looking. I mean, unless the Bengals, um, uh, we're probably going to have another shootout here between the Bengals and Chiefs, like we did their first matchup. And assuming, assuming if we if we have another another shootout here, assuming the Bengals can can I uh, you know can pull off the impossible again, 
And, I mean, they definitely have the firepower to do it. The problem is they did lose one of their uh, one of their big uh, run blockers yeah. in the game yeah. against the Raiders. So, I mean, that's not really looking good uh, when it comes to the run defense. So, no. Kansas, Kansas City, considering their speed, uh, and with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire officially healthy again, I think Kansas City could potentially have a big oh, run day uh, tomorrow. They could have a big run day for the run game. So I wouldn't be surprised at all. And actually, believe well, it or not, uh, Kansas City, Kansas City, they have 33.2 points per game with Mahomes as a starter in the playoffs which is actually the most in NFL history. Two points per game. But any, but anyways, uh, it does say here, though, according to Ian Rappaport, that uh, the NFL competition committee is likely to consider proposed changes to the league's overtime rules from what it sounds like. Um, It sounds like it could be changed to where uh, both teams would get at least one possession regardless of the result of the first possession. Now, this only applying to playoffs or in general? In general. I see. From what it sounds like. Um, so basically, you know, it, it would basically make it to where like for example, say if the rule was in play was in place last week, if Buffalo had lost, it would be because they didn't convert, they didn't uh, get a touchdown and tie it up on their opportunity, not right. because you know, not because the overtime rules. Uh, prevented it, basically. Because I I see a lot of games where it doesn't always end in the first possession. Yeah, I mean, there has been games, but, I mean, when you have two... When you have two high-profile you know, high-profile teams like we did with Buffalo and uh, and Kansas City when they were scoring like no tomorrow. You know, it's almost like okay, oh, you know, there's so much momentum. There's so much momentum going on in this game that you know you're probably looking at you're you're, you're probably looking at who whichever team ends up winning the coin toss is going to end up winning the game, which ended up being the case. So, but yeah, according to Ian Rappaport, um, 
it says here it says here that they are they are likely to consider overtime ch- changes to the league's overtime rules so that what happened in, uh against uh between the Chiefs and the Bills doesn't happen again uh let's see uh, why did I I had two things on Sean Payton for some reason uh, Mike McCarthy, he was told uh, officially, by the way, that uh, he will be he, he will retain his job for next season. So uh, he will stay as the cor- or as the head coach of the Cowboys. Dan Quinn apparently has been re-signed to a multi-year extension uh, to remain the defensive coordinator. So. He won't be going anywhere. I know Quinn was uh, being looked at for potential head coaching, uh, potential head coaching positions, and that obviously uh, didn't materialize. And also, it appears that Kellen Moore is likely to stay put as well. Uh, let's see. Even if the Buccaneers had uh, had, st- had were able to advance, they would have been reportedly without their right tackle Tristan Wirfs, as uh, he is apparently going to undergo high ankle surgery uh, to repair a high ankle sprain, as reportedly he had two torn ligaments, including one of them completely off the bone. Uh, He had suffered the injury in the wild card round, but he was hoping to put off surgery and return later in the playoffs. So even if they were with, uh, even if they had advanced and beaten the Rams, it's not all that certain that he would have been able to return anyways. So you know that's another thing too that's right. kind of going against uh, Tampa Bay is you know having to undergo surgery you don't know if he's going to have a uh, if he's going to have a down year next year because of that. Um, There's possible with how it mean, happens a lot with players, and you got to imagine how much pressure is being put, is put on his ankle too. So. Oh, hell yeah. You know, having to have surgery to repair two torn ligaments, uh, you know, that's probably something that would be exploited uh, by by the uh, the defensive lines next year, assuming he returns at, at 100% health. And also, Which this is got- kind of interesting, speaking of, Speaking of injuries, uh, A.J. Dillon had suffered a fractured rib for the Green Bay Packers. And he had left during the third quarter of the game against San Francisco. And if the Packers were still alive in the playoffs, this injury would be kind of notable because A.J. Dillon has been pretty much 
a consi- he became a huge part of Green Bay's offense uh, throughout the year. So, I mean, even though even though Aaron Aaron Jones has been even though Aaron Jones has been the primary running back, you know, yeah. not having AJ Dillon in there would have basically made it to where Green Bay would would be forced to have to rely on Aaron Jones. And it's obvious, you know, that Green Bay, they've not wanted to do that for, you know, they've wanted to lessen the workload on him. And with A.J. Dillon suffering a fractured rib, who knows if he would have been able to play uh, against the the L.A. Rams this week. So – you know, teams still dealing with injuries, even if even if they were to have uh, advanced. Uh, right. Also, we're not sure not sure if there's been an update on this yet, but uh, Tyron Matthew has been in concussion protocol this week for the Chiefs mm. ever since he left the uh, the Bills game early on with a uh, with a with a concussion. He suffered it yes. like very early after after taking a knee to the head uh, early on in the first quarter. Uh, but that would be a pretty big loss against the Cincinnati offense as he has three interceptions and six pass defenses uh, on the year this year for for Kansas City. So that would be a pretty big a pretty big loss for Kansas City. at least on defense. So that's something to potentially keep an eye on heading into, uh, heading into tomorrow's game, which is, I think at three o'clock. Yes, that's correct. And last I checked, I didn't see any, uh, I didn't see any update on him today. So I don't know. Um, Going back to the Packers here, this is what this is why it looks unlikely that uh, Aaron Rodgers may not be ba- that Aaron Rodgers would be back next year. Rodgers obviously he wants to be with wherever Devontae Adams and Marcus Va- uh, Valdez Scantling goes. However, Devontae Adams wants a contract exceeding nearly $30 million per year. Yes. Because he wants to be the league's highest paid receiver. And this would, this would clearly put him in that, uh, he would, uh, he would clearly be the highest paid receiver uh, with a contract that, uh, that big. So the the easiest option for Green Bay would be to franchise tag him, which would count for twenty two million right. against the cap. So I don't know. It's just with them forty million over the cap already, 
it just looks unlikely. I think we're, we yeah. have probably seen uh, the last of Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Now, I don't know if we've seen the last of him in the NFL, but I think we've definitely seen the last of him in Green Bay entirely. So where would he actually go? Pittsburgh would be an option. You know, ah. Pittsburgh, they have a couple, they have a couple yeah. of wide receivers that are going to be hitting the free agent market as well. So... I think Pittsburgh would definitely have the money. I thought you were going to say that, to be honest. I think Pittsburgh would definitely have the space uh, in terms of cap space. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know. It just looks, it just looks unlikely that we'll, we would see Rogers yeah. return. But I don't know. Um, I mean, they Rogers already had the Packers void the final year of his deal, which was supposed to be next year. And right. with the with the Broncos with the Broncos hiring Nathaniel Hackett, who was the offensive coordinator for the Packers yeah. as their head coach, uh, you know that's another that's another team to potentially look out for for Rodgers is Denver because Nathaniel Hackett uh, was apparently close to Rodgers. So that's another that's another team to potentially look out for, and they are in need of a quarterback. With them having uh, uh, uncertainty between Drew Locke and uh, Teddy Bridgewater, and Rodgers had previously endorsed him for a head coaching job last year. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see when it comes when yeah. it comes to the Aaron Rodgers. But obviously, this isn't going to be the last that we've heard of. Uh, I seriously doubt it. This won't be the last that we've heard of of, of Aaron no. Rodgers. Uh, matter of fact, you know, maybe he he did say that he did say though that he wouldn't make the Packers wait. Uh, that when he does make a decision, he would let the, he he would try to make a decision as quickly as possible, and he would let them know as quickly as possible. Yeah. So, uh, it sounds like maybe perhaps a decision may come sooner rather than later for Rodgers. Maybe mm-hmm. potentially following the Super Bowl. Uh. Also, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, they have released troubled cornerback Damon Arnett, who was formerly uh, a Las Vegas Raider after, uh, before he got released by the Raiders due to his, uh, due to his, I forget, I forget what it was that he suffered uh, off the field, but um, he was involved with some legal trouble off the field. And he got released by the Raiders. This time, he got released by the Chiefs after after they had signed him to a futures deal. 
and uh, this time he was arrested for assault, gun, and drugs charges in Vegas. Never get marijuana. Oh, it wasn't. Just, it wasn't just. He literally had. He he had. Uh, shit. I wish I could find the uh, find the photo. Um, but I mean, he had. He he had like. It, it looked like it was a uh, like an assault rifle. Uh, JB, by the way, uh, I have officially uh, officially connected you on uh, on the line here. Okay. But uh, it says Arnett reportedly threatened a valet with a gun. And the gun that he's holding in a photo here uh, that was taken on TikTok or something, it looks like, honestly, it looks like an assault rifle. With all the attachments that are, uh, that are attached to it. Uh, it says here that he attempted to retrieve a car without a valet ticket, which led to a dispute. Uh, Arnett pulled a gun on the valet, and the police were then eventually called. Um, Arnett also threatened somebody with a gun back in November, which then caused him to get released by the Raiders. Uh, but... The official charges are assault with a deadly weapon, carrying a concealed weapon, and possession of a controlled substance after a dispute had allegedly occurred at the Park MGM uh, on Las Vegas Boulevard, from what it says here. And he's also in the middle of a lawsuit, too. But, hey, JB, I want to... JB, I want I want to get your thoughts on uh, your Cincinnati Bengals, man, uh, making it to uh, making it to the AFC Championship game. Yes, yeah, the first time in what, like, thirty years or something like that. Thirty-three. Yeah, and you know, to, to be honest with you, I was uh, actually surprised at how well they played uh, compared to the Las Vegas game it was a better it, it was a better game uh, whether that had anything to do with the refs you know I really can't say uh, you know you guys can say what you want about the refs it you know to me i don't want to say that the game was handed to them but they really didn't play as well uh playing against the uh raiders as they did uh, last week against the uh titans yeah, you know, I was kind of surprised that uh, they handled the Titans the way that they did. I, you know, what a what a time for the 2015 version of Ryan Tannehill to return. I mean, yeah, my God, he 
he just looked completely lost in that match. Yeah. I mean, it 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 literally it. I used to refer to Tannehill as Mr. Regular. Like, he's not good, he's not bad, he's just there. You know, he's regular. Right. You know, and that's that's pretty much what he looked like. Uh, he looked like the Miami Dolphins version of Tannehill rather than the Tennessee Titans version of Tannehill. Right. Um, and the, the only other thing I have to say is – that I was disappointed in the Bengals. Well, not disappointed because I, I saw it coming. But as far as the nine sacks that the Bengals gave up, uh, you know, to uh, Burroughs, uh, to me just shows how Burroughs is compared to, you know, other quarterbacks, I guess. I think that set the new record, too, didn't it? Yeah, it did. It did. uh, Nine sacks? It did. It's like nine sacks, and it's like, man, if only the – you know, I've been saying it all the time ever since – ever since they – well, what, about a year and a half ago when they uh, uh, picked him, when they had the number one pick. Yeah. I said, yeah. if only they get somebody to protect the quarterback, you know, if they had somebody that would protect the quarterback, this team, this team would, uh, you know, kick ass, I think. Yes. Well, let me let me let me uh, let me pose this question to you, JB, because uh, this has been a topic of uh, of discussion ever since the draft. Actually, uh, was the decision was whether they would go with Jamar Chase or if they would go with Penny uh, Penny Sewell, who ended up going to Detroit, I think. Uh, and he's part of the he's part of the All Rookie Team this year, I think, too. Uh, you know, a lot of fans thought that it, a better decision would have been to go with Penny Sewell because they needed offensive help or they needed a protection uh, help for Burrow. But, I mean, Jamar Chase, I mean, he's likely the rookie of the year this year. And, I mean, some of the games that he has put up, you know, he had instant chemistry to begin with, with Joe Burrow, having played with him at LSU. I, I don't know about you, JB, but I would kind of think that Jamar Chase, that they made the right choice going with Jamar Chase instead of uh, Penny Sewell. And uh, another thing about that, too, is they say, uh, you know, how good Jamar Chase is. But if you look at some of the other games, he really hasn't played as well. You would think that this connection with uh, Burroughs and Chase, you know, that they would just just like that. But I guess yeah. it's be, but I guess it's because Chase and Burroughs 
has come to the NFL, and the NFL is nothing like, uh, you know, the NCAA, like LSU. Right. Uh, You know, maybe that is a clear difference. Maybe that is the big uh, difference, but otherwise, uh, otherwise, I I say that you know this this coming season, no matter if they uh, win or lose Saturday, they got to get somebody. uh, You know, they got to get some offensive. Linebackers to protect I mean, uh, Lou, Burrow. Lou, what are your what are your thoughts? Uh, do you think the Bengals went uh, went with the right decision by by uh, going with Jamar Chase in the draft, or do you think that they should have gone with Penny Sewell? I mean, Jamar Chase, he's looking like the rookie of the year. Right yeah, now. I went with Chase. I mean, he's, a, he's doing a great job. I think they seriously that was the right choice right there. I had no complaints about that at all. Because I mean, if you get Absolutely. at the very least, you know, at the very at the very least, if you can, I mean, yeah, you do need offensive line help. Yeah, but also. I mean, Burrow, he took quite the step up this year having Jamar Chase to throw to, apart from having oh, yeah. T. Higgins and, uh, you know, C.J. Uzoma, you know, uh, bringing in Jamar Chase. I mean, yeah, you know, they have the, – the, the, there's been problems in terms of pass protection, but, I mean, you know, they can always address that by uh, – they can always address that at some point. Yeah, and, and still, with uh, you know, if I was uh, Tennessee, I'd be saying, you know, hey, we sacked this guy nine times. The least we could do is, uh, you know, beat their ass. But uh, even getting sacked nine times, it's like. Uh, it was like nothing. It was like nothing for uh, Burrow to get sacked nine times. Yeah. It was like, well, you so you know, you sacked us. You know, you sacked me uh, once here. You sacked me twice there. You know, <laughs> the third time's gonna just. Uh, I'm gonna uh, kick your ass. <laughs> okay, well, you, you know, I'll tell you. I'll tell you one thing though. Burrow definitely took a step forward this year. With, uh, oh yeah, definitely. With, with his uh, with his level of production, I mean, you kind of have to wonder what would have happened if Burrow had played the entire year last year for Cincinnati, if he didn't get oh, injured yeah. and was fully healthy, uh, how Cincinnati's season would have potentially ended. And I even made a comment in. Uh, Sports whispers about uh, I picked uh, Cincinnati to win and San Francisco, and I said, you know, if Cincinnati does win and if San Francisco wins, this will be Cincinnati San Francisco three. Yeah, you know, 
I think that they would have a better chance of beating San Francisco this year than the past years. Mm-hmm. And another thing that I looked at, too, Cincinnati playing San Francisco in the Super – or any anybody playing uh, San Francisco in the past Super Bowls, Cincinnati has come closest to uh, San Francisco as far as the score. All the other scores, San Francisco has beaten the crap out of the other teams. Exactly. They yeah. really didn't. They really haven't, oh, how can I say, beaten the crap out of Cincinnati. They've come from behind and beat them. But they really haven't, you know, the bottom, the bottom line score really doesn't show that they – uh, you know, beat the crap out of them. They certainly did. Yes. Yeah, you know, I I do think San Francisco is probably the better matchup between San Francisco and L.A. Uh, for Cincinnati in a potential yeah. Super Bowl. Um, I just don't know, though. Uh, if Cincinnati can, because you, you've got to think that Kansas City is going to be prepared to see the same uh, the same uh, looks that they got, you know, in the in the first uh, in the previous matchup against Cincinnati. Right. So I just I don't. I'm assuming we're probably going to see another. You know, we're probably going to see another uh, another shootout between these two, but I'm not all that yeah. certain that it's going to be the same result. Because I mean, think so you take a look at you take a look at what Kansas City was able to do in the sh- in the shootout that they had against Buffalo, and just when it seemed like Buffalo had the game won, Kansas City barely broke a sweat in tying yeah. the game up. So, you know, I said this before you came on the air, JB, but I, I really think we're looking at another Kansas City Super Bowl victory. And we're going to have more obnoxious uh, celebrating by uh, by Pat Mahomes' uh, fiance. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, seriously, yeah. Did, you see, have, did you guys see that? I mean, uh, her yeah. spraying... Uh, her spraying that champagne uh, all over the fans on the uh, below her, which, by the way, one of those fans was a recovering alcoholic, apparently. And one of them was also a kid. Uh, now, imagine being a recovering alcoholic and having champagne uh, doused all over you. You know, yeah. it's... It's completely irresponsible by by her. I mean, it's like you won a divisional game. At least, at least act like you've been there before. Yeah. You know, I mean, if it's the Super Bowl, okay, that's a different story. But, right. or even you know, I I don't think there would have been this big of a 
I don't think there would have been this big of a problem if uh, if say this was done after they won the AFC title game. I mean, okay, you know, there is a reason to celebrate because, yeah, you've made the Super Bowl. Yeah. So I think because it was a divisional a divisional win, I think that's why people are so pissed off. Well, that and yeah. also right, right. That and also because of uh, because of some of the other stuff. Like I said, you know, she doused a recovering alcoholic with. Uh, oh well, did she know that with, though? No, she didn't know that obviously, but still, you know, it's it, it, it's like you got to be. You're supposed to set an example, you know. I mean, yeah, you know, she right. isn't a player, but she is a player's she is a player's fiance. So, you know, she, she's got she's got to be the example setter, basically. Maybe she was too drunk to know, too. You know, who knows? Yeah, we don't well, know. Everything we she does, you know, everything she does now is for social media, basically. It's it's the same thing with with uh, with Pat's annoying uh, annoying brother Jackson, who literally <laughs> d- does every everything okay, has okay. to do with a with a, with fucking TikTok. Uh, like he took a TikTok when they were on. I forget what field. I forget what stadium they were visiting, uh, but they took a TikTok of him celebrating on the team uh, or dancing on the team's logo. Dancing on the team's logo. At midfield. Yeah, at, at midfield. Well, that's a new one. I mean, it just... Is there anything just plain loco? Hmm. I, I just don't know. You know, what... It, it, it granted it's a, it's a it's sort of a, a little sort of a little a little uh, pet peeve I guess, but I, I I would think that you know act like you've been there basically, is what I'm saying. And uh, by the way, I I said I was watching the Royal Rumble earlier. Uh, Johnny Knoxville, the Jackass star, yes. has entered the Royal Rumble. Okay, Jackass. The star of MTV's Jackass is a professional wrestler. Well, you can drop the jack there. Didn't he have brain damage or something like that? He did actually. He, uh, you know, obviously Jackass, uh, Jackass Forever is the new film that's coming out. Uh, And in one of the scenes, he uh, apparently. So he got absolutely destroyed by a bull, uh, where the bull literally wow. flipped him, flipped him in the air, and he spun. I, I watched it over again. He spun twice in midair, wow. and he ended up suffering severe brain damage. Apparently, he had a brain aneurysm. Or so. oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. He just took a massive frog splash. Uh, wow. And, you know, the th- the thing is, Knoxville, he's one of those, 
he he's obviously he's the one that takes the most damage uh, out of all the jackass guys. And there he goes. He's been eliminated. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, you know it's he. That was probably his biggest stunt, I think. That uh, apart from the one where he, uh, where, where, at least according to him, he ended up uh, he ended up breaking his dick in half. No pun intent, or you know, uh, not lying about that. Apparently, uh, when he did the tribute to Evil Knievel, uh, where he tried to do a uh, he tried to do a a motorcycle flip in midair, and problem is he fell off the motorcycle, and then the motorcycle fell on him. Uh, but apart from that, uh, apparently this uh, this most recent injury that he had. Uh, was probably the worst one that he's ever suffered uh, while on the show. Yeah. But anyways, enough enough about Jackass. Um, yeah. He's been eliminated from the Rumble, anyways. Uh, you know what? Let's talk about let's talk about the Baseball Hall of Fame as we had well, the does. official the official Hall of Fame uh, announcement this past week and we do have one new member uh david ortiz was inducted with 70 or he was voted in with 77.9 percent of the vote uh in his first year and meanwhile uh barry bonds and roger clemens they missed by about eight to nine percent or nine to ten percent of the vote uh, Bonds at 66, Clemens at 65.2. And obviously, uh, most people can kind of can kind of understand why uh, they didn't get voted in because of the steroid era and everything. Yeah, but uh, at the same time, Ortiz also took steroids, but he still let him in. Okay, he admitted that he took it in a test positive, but still, you let him in anyway? I don't think that's right. Well, the league the league actually recognizes him as not having tested positive. They said I, I, re- well, I recall something. Uh, Manfred said it was something like he he had a false positive test or something, and that they shouldn't take they shouldn't take his uh, uh, the positive test. Uh, uh, seriously, when it comes to uh, when it comes to voting, really? because it was never it was never discussed what he tested positive for and whether or not it was even banned at the time. Huh? Yeah, I don't know. But uh, Bonds, I mean, Bond, I can understand why Bonds didn't get in because. Of course. I mean, number one, you know, he actively tried to he actively tried to cheat the system for multiple years when yeah. he was already a Hall of Fame caliber player before he even took the steroids. Uh, 
not just that, but also apparently he had an he had because uh, keep in mind part of the voting credentials uh, have to do with character and stuff like that. Um, yeah. You know, character and morality and stuff like that and, and stuff like that. Apparently, he was known for uh, beating each of his ex-wives or, or an ex-girlfriend while he was with them. Yeah. And that was uh, widely publicized in the, in the sports news as well. So I think that may have played a role. Um, I think when, as far as Clemens goes, I think it's the fact that he never fully admitted that he tested po- that, that he took steroids. I think it's it's the fact that he continued to deny it even after, uh, you know, even after it was fully disclosed what he, uh, you know, what he tested positive for. You know, he just continued to deny it uh, for the rest of his career. Yeah. And I think that might have a reason to do with why Clemens didn't get in. Now, Bonds and Clemens, obviously, uh, they will go to the uh, modern uh, committee, as they call it, uh, where they have the opportunity. They still have the opportunity to make the Hall of Fame. They just won't get into the Hall of Fame via the baseball writers. Right. They'll have the opportunity, though, through the modern committee, which – my understanding is it's 16, 16 committee members. They vote on uh, they they vote between ten different uh, ten different qualified uh, players. So they choose ten different players, I guess, uh, every year to vote upon right. to vote between. So they still do have the option uh, potentially get in that way, and so does Kurt Schilling. Uh, Kurt Schilling, he only got fifty-eight point six percent of the vote this year. After he openly, and this is where I think he made a big mistake. I think he could have potentially yeah. gotten in this year. Uh-huh. I think he could have gotten in this year. The big problem is he openly told the writers last year. After he didn't get in, he missed by like 4% last year. He openly told the writers, just don't vote for me this final year. Please don't vote for me this final year. I think if he hadn't done that, he would have potentially gotten in. Mm -hmm. Because he had had enough momentum to where he could have gotten in. I mean, he he was in a better position than Bonds and Clemens were entering this year before he made those comments. Now, uh, Scott Rowland, he finished at 63.2%. In all honesty, I think Rowland may potentially get in next year. If not, if not then, maybe the Scott year Rowland? after. Yeah, Scott Rowland. He finished with 63.2%. In his uh, in his fifth year of eligibility, uh, some of the other 
some of the other notables. Uh, let's see. Todd Helton, in his fourth year, he finished with 52%. Right. Uh, Billy Wagner, in his seventh year, finishes with 51%. Uh, I think he had a little bit of a drop, potentially. I'm, I'm going to need to double-check that. Uh, let's yeah. see. Gary Sheff, or no, Andrew Jones, in his fifth year, 41.4%. Gary Sheffield, in his eighth year, 40.6%. So it looks like Sheffield probably... I don't think he's going to get in uh, these final two years. I could be wrong, though. A-Rod, in his first year, he got 34.3%. It may be a while, potentially, for him, because considering he was one of the steroid users as well, uh, that was one of the one of the big name users, uh, the multiple offenders, I should say. Uh, Jeff Kent in his ninth year, only thirty two point seven percent. He's pretty much eliminated next year, barring some sort of miracle. Uh, he probably won't get in. Manny Ramirez. Uh, in his sixth year, twenty eight point nine percent. Omar Vizquel saw a major major drop. Uh, He fell in his fifth year all the way to 23.9% after his uh, domestic uh, issues that uh, that he had this year. Uh, I think he he was uh, arrested for domestic violence or something this year. Um, Sammy Sosa in his final year, he only got 18.5%. So he'll be, uh, presented, uh, to the committee as well. Uh, I don't know if he'll get in though. I don't think he'll get know. in. Uh, I think um, the Jerry and Sosa guys, you know, are not going to get in. Well, I think Bonds and Clemens would have a better chance with the modern committee than Sosa would. Yeah. But I don't see, I don't see Sosa getting in, especially no. with how far down with how far down he finished uh, this year in his final year. Uh, Andy Pettit in his fourth year, he got ten point seven percent of the vote. He's not really making any headway, so. I don't know. It's not looking good for Pettit. He's not making uh, the jumps that he needs to make. I find that surprising. Uh, Let's see. Jimmy Rollins in his first year, 9.4%. So he's off to a good start, I would assume. Maybe, perhaps, he'll probably uh, eventually make the haul. Uh, Bobby Abreu, his third year, 8.6%. Mark Burley just barely stays on the ba- on the ballot, 5.8%, and the same with Tory Hunter at 53 uh, Those who are officially eliminated from the ballot are Joe Nathan, 
who had 4.3. Tim Hudson has been eliminated from the ballot with only 3%. Tim Lincecum only had 2.3. Ryan Howard only had 2. Mark Teixeira had 1.5. Jonathan Papelbon had 1.3. Justin Morneau also 1.3. And both A.J. Pierzynski and Prince Fielder are both eliminated with only 0.5%. Wow. And meanwhile, meanwhile, Jake Peavy and Carl Crawford didn't even receive any votes. So, yeah. <clears throat> now that's, yeah, that's the it's, uh, I'm kind of surprised at Fielder. I thought Fielder would at least receive a few. Uh, I thought he would at least get to the 5% mark. I'm kind of I'm kind of shocked, honestly. Um, and I know Jim made a uh, post about uh, you know Pete Rose, and even I, and then I wrote in there that the. The only way I can see Pete Rose going in is uh, posthumously. Yeah, especially after his betting. Uh, I mean, think about yeah. it. You have uh, among among the leagues, or I mean, among among the uh, the the leaders in a career. You know, you take a look at Bonds, who was the league the the league the league leader in history in home runs. Or was he the league? Yeah, he passed he passed uh, Hank Aaron. Um, although there's a gigantic asterisk next to that. You have Roger Clemens, yeah. who won the most Cy Young awards in history, and you have Pete Rose who has the most hits in history, and yet neither of those three are in the Hall of Fame. And another thing, too, uh, it wasn't really Pete It wasn't really, uh, you know, the, uh, how can I say it? The betting that Pete Rose did was only during his managerial uh, time. It was not during any of his, uh, you know, he did not play during uh, that time. Yeah. Because he only played until, like, what was it, 88 or something like that? And I don't think that he was gambling while he was playing. It was only when he was uh, a manager. It was 80, 86 that he okay, uh, last 86. played. Yeah. Yeah, he retired he retired with the Reds uh on August 17th, 1986. Okay. Maybe he became a manager in 88 or something like that. Uh, yeah. He became a manager. Actually, actually, no, he did play while he oh, was a manager. Before, 
before before that? No, no. He played while he was a manager. Which is unusual. He played. Okay, he I played for the Reds. He played for the Reds between '84 and '86, but he managed between '84 and '89. Okay. So I don't know when. Yeah, he was he was penalized in '89 with permanent ineligibility. Uh. Yeah, it says he gambled on baseball games while he played for and managed the Reds. So okay, okay. I I thought he was just a manager at that time. Okay. Yeah, no, he was a player too. Okay. I thought he was a like a player manager in like ninety or something like that. Or no. maybe it was like uh, 88. No. I was thinking it was before uh, it was before uh, you know his uh, before they found out that he was uh, you know gambling. And when he was gambling, he was betting on his own team. He wasn't betting against his own team. He was betting for his own team. Yeah, but still, that's, I mean, it's frowned upon. I mean, you look at Evander Kane. Right. You you look at Evander Kane with the San, with the San Jose Sharks. Now he's a uh, Edmonton Oiler. You know, he's yes. been, uh, he's been accused of betting uh, uh, on his uh, team's games by his, uh, by his wife. His wife. So... You know, who knows if that's true, but he's been, you know, he's been, he's been, uh, I'm kind of surprised. Obviously, if that ends up becoming true, he won't get banned now because. You know, there's so many uh, there's so many sports leagues now that are associated with bet with uh, casinos and whatnot. So, yes, you know, it would kind of it would kind of defeat the purpose at this point, right? If they were, you know, just, you got DraftKings and you got all these other things that are, yeah, all these other well, ones that are off. coming out, and it's like, geez. So when you think about it, it's kind of hypocritical now of baseball for them to be yeah. uh, affiliated with gambling, and yet Pete Rose is banned from baseball. Yeah, Ban- not just banned right. from base, not just not just banned from baseball, but banned from ever even have from ever even having potential consideration to, to go into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, anything to do with baseball. He is allowed to participate in some uh, Reds, uh, you know, things that are going on. Yeah. Yeah, but as far as official, you know, official uh, activities involving Major League Baseball. 
like you can't be an ambassador for Major League Baseball or something, you know? Right. Okay. But he can still be involved with the team, I guess. He just can't. He just can't be a part of an organization like. Like say if the uh, like the Reds for example couldn't make him a scout or something they couldn't uh, you know he can still be recognized as a former Reds player and whatnot oh, yeah. but he can't hold he can't hold any official position or something so you know i i still think it's bullshit that he's uh that he is still banned I, I would think that at least once they put uh once they got into bed with the casinos and everything you know i would think that they that they should at least remove the ban from hall of fame from hall of fame consideration yeah. And have him get in and have him get in through the uh obviously he can't be up for consideration for the baseball writers. By the way, I uh apparently the original deadline was fifteen years for the baseball writers uh ballot instead of ten. They narrowed it down to ten. Uh I forget what year it was, but so of, under the original, Barry Bonds and Clemens would still be in the running, as would Kurt Schilling mm. and Sammy Sosa. But, you know, as far as Ortiz. The fact that I mean, the fact is, he never officially tested. Like, that they didn't reveal what he had tested positive for. If he ever really even tested positive for anything, you know, right. it sounds like it may have been a false positive test. And even then, that was before. Another thing to keep in mind is that was before they started the comprehensive testing system that they've been doing. And ever since they started that system, which is when he's, which which is how he's, uh, you know, after he started that system, or after they started the the new system, uh, you know, the, this is when he did all these accomplishments. You know, you could argue that. I mean, yeah, he took. He may have taken a steroid or a performance enhancer. Uh, early in his career, but he's tested cleanly after that. And there's a lot more, uh, they've been tested a lot more times per year. Uh, They get tested regularly, actually, I believe. So, you know, under this new system, all the stuff that he's done as a player You know, that's basically that basically absolves him. 
But I don't know. You know, it's been it's it's been uh, a debated topic. Right. Yeah, just like you can debate again. You know, uh, oh, what's his name? Gosh darn it, Lance Armstrong for uh, yes for uh, cycling. You know, that's but that, then again, though Armstrong admitted to it. You know, right. And then again, even if you have performance enhancing drugs, it's like uh you know it's hard to explain how they can actually uh, help you when he was actually uh being uh there was times where you know, he was way back in the field, but he was with the, uh, you know, he was all in in the peloton. So he kept, he, so he kept his uh, time, and he kept his uh, yellow jersey. But it was like, what, six, six years in a row? It's like, you know... Wow. <laughs> yeah. But then that. I mean. Yeah, but that, don't don't forget though. Don't forget though. Lance Armstrong's going to have that stain on his career uh, because he took uh, right because he took the steroids. Right. Yeah, and it was after that that he uh, stepped down from. Uh, what was it? What was that? Uh, Livestrong. That. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was a. Forget what you call it. I don't know. But yeah. But you know that's that's uh, cycling and. I'll still I'll still watch it <laughs> no matter what. By by the way, I uh I want to put in a quick reminder here. We we do have about 15 minutes left. Uh but I want to put in a quick reminder before I forget. Uh this upcoming Tuesday night, we will be doing a special pre a special a special preview edition of the Big Brother a Celebrity Big Brother recap podcast. Uh, hosted by myself and uh, Melissa. Uh, This season we have 11 new house guests, including uh, sports-wise, we have uh, former NBA champion Lamar Odom. uh, That is part of the cast uh, for Celebrity Big Brother this season, where obviously with the preview show, uh, Melissa and I will break down the cast and see and give uh, our thoughts on what their chances might be uh, of potentially winning this season. Oh, also in the cast also is a uh, current UFC fighter, Misha Tate as well. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the, 
the whole the whole steroids thing. It's basically, you know, for the Hall of Fame. If you ever took steroids, you could pretty much. That's why I believe that A Rod isn't going to yeah. get in, or if he does, it'll be in his tenth year. Because you take mm-hmm. steroids, and that's pretty much a black mark on on your entire oh, yeah. career. And it's why Lance Armstrong, you know, going back to cycling here, that's why Lance Armstrong is looked at so negatively now. Yeah. So, I don't know. You know, it's it sucks, but I mean, you know, it's if it's a performance performance enhancing. I mean, there's no reason why uh, there's no reason why you should be considered for the Hall of Fame when no. you openly, uh, you know, you open you openly cheated the system. Right. But, anyways, uh, some other little bits of information here. Uh, oh yeah, uh, they the uh, representatives from Major League Baseball as well as the players' union did apparently complete a two-hour face-to-face meeting this past Monday in Manhattan, and a mm-hmm. uh, proposal uh, was discussed. Um. Apparently, the players have modified their stance uh, in regards to uh, player free agency, because uh, I, I guess the uh, I guess the current the current thing is uh, in order to reach free agency, you have to you have to have six years of service time. I think. Yeah. Is the current uh, the current the current thing that obviously is going to. Uh, potentially change but uh, some of the other things that they've talked about is uh, a modified stance on revenue sharing uh, reducing possible cuts from 100 million to 30 to 30 million uh, they're still hoping to get players to salary arbitration after two years though instead of three Um Looks like this upcoming Tuesday, uh, the player, the two sides will apparently meet again. From what it sounds like, hmm. so it sounds like there's at least some sort of progress being made. Maybe a little, but nothing really major. I'm uh, I'm sure with uh, you know Steve here having his uh, podcast. I'm sure he mentioned uh, about uh, Tom Brady retiring. Or uh, I guess you could call it retiring because it isn't official yet. I thought it was. 
No, it's not official yet. He, uh, it's been disputed by his father, by the Bucks organization. The Bucks organization didn't even know that he was going to be retiring uh, when the announcement yeah. was made. Um, and his own organization, the TB12 uh, thing, has they originally tweeted out congratulations on on his retirement, but they have then they have since taken the tweet down and everything. So uh, there's still a question as to whether or not there, you know, whether or not there is an actual uh, an actual retirement, or if he is going to come back for another year potentially. Yeah, he's his dad says that his son is not retiring. In a, this is a tweet, uh, you know, like seven hours ago. Yeah, it's. I would think though, just based off of what we've uh, what we've been seeing, I think it's probable that we're probably looking at a retirement from Brady because of the fact that Giselle has been trying to get him to retire for so many years now, uh, among other things. And she actually makes more money than he does. (laughs) That's interesting. Yeah, it's... And if I I was Tom, I wouldn't uh, even care. (laughs) <laughs> no, I do. I do think it is the end for uh, for Brady, and it, it sucks because of the way he's going out. But yeah, but you know that's just that. It, it's just unfortunate because uh, a coach has decided to uh, let his ego, um, you know. Let his ego take over, as opposed to uh, a big quarterback one. who's who's been the greatest of all time uh, make the calls. Yeah, he's a big ego, that's for sure. So, uh, you know, it's. It sucks, but that's especially with Byron Leftwich potentially leaving too. You know, there's there's going to be a lot a lot of potential turnover coming out of the Tampa Bay organization. I think uh, I'll tell you right now, the NFC South it looks like it's going to be completely dead next year. I'll just okay. I'll put just in, put it that put, way. Put, it, put in the uh, top uh, SEC teams. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. You know, I mean, it's not going to be. There are going to be teams that are probably going to be worse than the than any of the NFC South teams. But I mean, you take a look at Tampa Bay, who was the top this year. You take a look at uh, New Orleans, who was at on the top last year. Uh, yeah. 
for the division, and New Orleans, they lost Sean Payton. Uh, they don't have a quarterback. You know, it's just – it just doesn't look good at all uh, for the NFC South because you don't really have anything, really, uh, in that division. I mean, maybe Tampa Bay could potentially win just by default because of the fact that they have a better roster, potentially. I don't know. Yeah. But it's the only other option is maybe perhaps Aaron Rodgers finds his way down to Tampa Bay. Mm. I guess, you know, we discussed this earlier that perhaps Aaron Rodgers may not return to Green Bay with how he left uh, or with, with, you know, with the uh, salary cap problems that they're having. So, you know, who knows as to whether whether or not – whether or not Aaron Rodgers may potentially find himself in Tampa, which is possible. I mean – they already have they already have some uh, some issues that they have to deal with to begin with with some of their free agents, but who knows? Yeah, yeah, I was and looking uh, where you might go to Denver. Denver. I don't know. Yeah, he might go. To, uh, he might go to Denver, possibly. From uh, from, especially with the, with his offensive coordinator going to uh, being hired by Denver as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's like who knows. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but. Anyways, you know, that's probably uh that's probably gonna do it for tonight. We got about three minutes left. Um you know, obviously uh we'll be back next week for uh for uh, another edition of uh Sports Whispers Weekly. And uh, a reminder once again, uh to any uh any big brother fans who may listen to this podcast. Uh, I know Kansas sometimes listens to this podcast, I believe. Um, Kansas, if you're listening, uh, this upcoming Tuesday will be the preview show for the Big Brother, uh, Celebrity Big Brother uh, recap podcast. Normally, the recap podcast will be on Thursdays, uh, but because because of the fact that Thursday apparently is a two-hour episode this uh, this upcoming week. Uh, it's going to be on Tuesday this week. Mm. So, yeah. Anyways, uh, we are going to cut, we are going to cut it short a little bit, uh, a little bit early tonight. Uh, but thank you, uh, Lou, for joining me. Thank you, JB, for calling in. My pleasure. Uh, we'll be back. We'll be back next uh, Saturday night for another edition of Sports Whispers Weekly. Everybody have a great rest of your weekend, and we will see you guys next Saturday night.
Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.